Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Good morning. All right. It's good to be here this morning in the house of God, especially with uh, a lot of our days coming out of normalcy. You know, a lot of our, you know, electricity has been out. Some of us, our cars got messed up. Um, whatever it is, it's good to finally come back and find our, our rest, our peace, our assurance here in the house of God. This thing will never change. It will, it will always be the same. We'll continually find his peace, his joy, his security here in his house. And that's something that no storm, no problem, no chaos, no uh, situation could ever deter or manage to, to alleviate. Amen. So uh, we're excited to be here. I'm especially excited that my dad's here. I didn't know he was coming this morning. So um, God has been putting this, this word in my heart for the past couple weeks. I was going to share it to, for the youth on Saturday last week, but for some reason God uh, purposed that it didn't happen. And now we know why, because he, he doesn't for this to happen this morning. So um, um, I'm excited. Um, um, I've been, uh, this has been on my heart for quite some time, and it's been something that I've been wanting to share on. So when I got the opportunity, I went into my dad's room, and, and I said, look, dad, who's, uh, who's sharing on Sunday? And he said, no, I was thinking about Pastor Rita, but I said, well, I, I, you know, I have a word from God if, you, if there's nobody available. He goes, okay, go for it. So uh, here we are, but um, let's go ahead and let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray one more t- once again. Uh, Father God, thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace and for your mercy, oh God, that sustains us. Thank you for um, all that you do and every single aspect of our lives, oh God. Thank you for always being involved. Thank you for not being a distant God, but being a close and personal God. We thank you for everyone that was able to come this morning. We thank you for bringing us all here together safely. Father God, I pray that you open up our hearts, that you uh, keep our minds focused on hearing your words, on uh, being um, personal with your Holy Spirit, oh God, being intimate, being able to hear what he has brought for us this morning. I pray that these words be yours and yours alone, oh God, that it be not opinion or or uh, thoughts, but it be straight from your word, Lord. And I pray that uh, you would use me today as your vessel solely to pour out that which you put in. In Jesus' name, we pray for all these things. Amen. Amen. Um, past couple weeks, like I said, I've been thinking about um, this word and the different things that God has been putting in my heart. But we've all heard so many different times, uh, different people that have come up, and we've heard these types of testimonies over and over and over again. It kind of goes something like this, where, uh, brother... I was walking through uh, Publix, and on my grocery list, I had that I needed to buy 2% milk. And I needed 2% milk, so I made my way to the back of the refrigerator where all the the different types of milks are, and there was only one 2% milk left. Isn't it amazing how God does these things? And you listen to these things, and you're like, God's amazing, isn't he? He has a 2% milk for you. You're like, you know, that's, that they have a 2% milk, that's not like a significant big thing. Maybe God did it. You know, he, you know maybe he did leave it there just for you to have this 2% milk. Or, uh, and it tends to be that the older you get, the more of these testimonies you have, right? The more of these types of testimonies you come up. Uh, but it's like, you know, maybe you're lucky. You got lucky that there was one 
2% milk left. I, you know, you really, you, you really don't understand, right? And so I, I've been dealing with this. I've been dealing with it like, man, you know, these are coincidences that happen. And yes, maybe God did it that time, but maybe other times it just happened that your 2% milk was there and maybe God didn't really have anything to do with it. But what God has been speaking to me and has been very uh, abundantly and, and very uh, clearly been uh, correcting is that that's not what the Bible talks about. Uh, it says in James 1.17 that every good and perfect gift comes from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who doesn't change like shifting shadows and maybe like you uh maybe like me you probably you were very quick and it's very easy for us to acknowledge and recognize God when he does something that we think is huge right when he does something big that in our eyes was impossible we very quickly uh, realize that was nothing that had to do with us but God definitely did. We're, we're driving down the uh, a street and a huge semi truck is headed right towards us and last minute it swerves and like man God saved me today I know that I had nothing to do with what I could do with my driving skills I'm not a NASCAR driver God was the one who saved me in that point but in other aspects of our lives we 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 fail to appreciate or acknowledge God's sovereign hand in them and we take them for chance, we take them for coincidence. Maybe many of us are like little kids, right? Uh, little kids, when their parents go and they're like, all right, we have a family announcement. All of us gather together in the living room. We're all excited. We're trying to figure out what mom and dad were trying to say. And they say, we're going to Disney World. And everyone loses it. It's like, oh my gosh, mom, you're the best. Dad, you're the best. We love you so much. You're so amazing. I love you, dad. You're the best dad in the world. I can't believe it. We're going to Disney World. And these big things bring out our appreciation and our acknowledgement of our parents' goodness towards us, right? But every other day, every single day that our mom or dad wakes up on a Monday morning and they're considering whether or not to keep us homeschooled so they could sleep in or not, or whether they're going to take us to school. They start going through the syllabus in their mind. Okay, did Renweb say that Brandon had a test today? Can I sleep in? Can I miss first period? Can we... When they're doing that, no. They get up, right? They make us breakfast. They wake us up. They go ahead. They put us in the car because we're still half asleep. We're not morning people like myself. They take us to school. They packed our lunch. They packed a snack. Then we, they pick us up after later. They, they give us another snack because God knows we can't go without another gummy bear or another gummy snack before we have dinner. Then they cook us dinner. Then they clean our, clean our clothes. Then they tuck us in. And they set us to bed. And not an ounce of appreciation or acknowledgement for what they've done to us comes out of our mouth or even from our, from our, you know, for our body language. There's no hugs. There's no kisses. Because it's just coincidence that when I opened my lunchbox, I found the potato chips that I wanted. Dorito Blue Ranch chips, right? But, but seriously, that's how we live our life. At least that's how I was living my life. Because I was saying, yes, God moves and he does big things. But is he really, like, involved in every little detail and every single little aspect, like the most ridiculous things of our lives? Is he still there? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. That's what the verse says. Every, and, you know, now that I'm a, uh, I'm a law student, I've been studying all this stuff. these words are very important, okay? Because he said she was entitled to some of his finances or she was entitled to 
all of his finances. There's a huge difference between some, all, every. Those are big words. And God on purpose says every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. It says in Psalm 139 verse 16 that your eyes saw my unformed body all, again, another very important word, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. My grandmother, she's not here this morning, Abuela Ali, she is going on a cruise with Jose Luis, so be praying for them. They're going to be out for a week, but she loves scrapbooking, okay? And the only thing that she loves more than scrapbooking is scrapbooking things about her grandchildren. And she puts in those scrapbooks not just birthdays, not just Christmas pictures, not just graduations. She puts every and any picture she can into that scrapbook, okay? It could be the most insignificant day. It could be the most insignificant detail of one of our lives. She'll have it in the scrapbook. She'll have the little ribbon from, you know, a a time that she was at our house and she was cleaning up a little bit and she found the ribbon under our bed and she'll put it in the scrapbook because it belonged to her grandchild and it needs to be memorialized forever. It needs to be, you know, to that extent, she is that detailed so when I think of this verse, I think of God and how he, he already has the complete scrapbook made. He doesn't just have the anniversaries. He doesn't just have the birthdays. He doesn't just have the Christmas gifts. He has every single one of our days detailed to the T of what will take place in the plan that he developed for our lives. You saw my unformed body. You saw me. I was still growing in my mom's stomach. I was still forming myself. And you saw me there. And you ordained all the days of my life while I was still in that stomach. His plan for your life, his plan for our lives is complete. Complete all the way. His life didn't, he he didn't develop the plan for our lives to be 75% done. He didn't make the the plan for our lives to be 55% done or 85%, even 99% done. No, his plan for our life was and is complete. It isn't something that just, he left room for error. He didn't leave room for coincidence. God didn't leave room for chance or for random. God made sure that every single minute, every single second, every single millisecond of our lives was developed and ordained and written down. In fact, this is something I was talking to the pastors that I've been freaking out about, is that the word coincidence does not exist in the Hebrew language. You cannot find in the Hebrew language the word for coincidence. The only time, the one time that the word coincidence is used in the New Testament is when Jesus himself was talking about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it says in Luke 10, 31, that by coincidence, a certain priest was going down in the way, and having seen him, he passed over onto the opposite side. That word coincidence is translated from the Greek word sunkurion, which is a combination of two words, sun and kurios. Sun means together with, and curios means supreme in authority. So the biblical definition of coincidence would be what occurs together by God's providential arrangement of circumstances. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't blow your minds. 
the silliest, most insignificant, in our minds, insignificant moments of our everyday lives were orchestrated and planned out by a heavenly father. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you. He has them memorized because he took them down. He was the one that wrote it down. He says, okay, when Alex goes ahead and he turns seven years old, this is going to happen to his life. And when he surrenders himself to me, I'm going to make sure that this happens to his life. And I'm going to make sure that John on this section of his life. And he writes down every single moment, every single aspect of our lives. He didn't leave anything else for chance. The reason why we need to begin to acknowledge his hand in our lives and why we need to pay attention and make sure that we grasp even the littlest things that he does in our everyday lives is because these little things birth a deeper level of appreciation for him in our hearts. They stir up another level of gratitude, another level of appreciation for our God. It, it, It creates in us a heart of thankfulness towards him. It says in Proverbs 16, 33, the, 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 you know, when, when you think of chance, when you think of random, when you think of something that just happens by coincidence, you think of something like a dice, right? Like a die. You roll it. Nobody, unless it's a loaded die, can tell what's going to come out when you roll that dice. You can't, you, it's impossible to know. You know, you can have probabilities. You can put together some type of algorithm or something to try to figure out more or less which one's going to come out. But it's impossible to determine what's going to come out. And yet it says in Proverbs 16.33... The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Every decision, every lot that's cast on the lap, God knows what's the outcome. This one time, me and my family were playing Monopoly. This is, this is something that maybe a lot of you have heard before, but uh, we were playing Monopoly together. And my dad was trying to teach us the concepts of tithing, Right? And so in Monopoly, the way that we played was that you put a, a large sum of money in the middle, and when you land on free parking, you get to pocket all the money that's there in the middle. And so at the start of the game, he goes ahead and he passes out all those fake bills, and we all get our 1000 or however much money that you get. And he gets his 10% from that money, and he puts it in the middle of the pile. And we're all like, what are you doing? That's not how you play Monopoly. It's not on the rules. That's not, you're not supposed to be doing that. And he says, no, I'm going to tithe. And we're like, In the game of Monopoly, okay, it's cutthroat. It's very dangerous for friendships, okay? Uh, You don't do that in Monopoly because you need the money. There's no, I got you next time I pass go. If you don't pay me, you're foreclosing. And so I was like, that is losing this game. So me, my brothers, and my sister, we let him in. He put down his, his, his tithe in the middle. So we go around the board, and he goes ahead, and he rolls the dice, and he lands on free parking. And he gets all the money in free parking and his tithe back. Okay. Sure, Dad. So we go ahead and we keep playing. Second time he goes around, he does the same thing. He gives his tithe. He puts down the money in the middle. In the free, in the, you know, and he starts rolling his dice. He makes his way. Another double four. Free parking. All of us put our tithe in the free parking right after he did that because this is ridiculous. But why does that happen? Does God let my dad get free parking two times? You know, did he purpose for him to get free parking two times in a row consequently? 
Yeah. Because God sees that it's important for us to learn and to appreciate that day, the, the, the blessing it is to give to the body of Christ, to give to God, to give back what is due to him. So I've seen this verse firsthand. I've seen God, no matter the unpredictability of the situation, how he goes ahead and he's involved, even in those little things. In Acts 17, 26 through 28, he says, He is made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings. This is Paul. He's speaking, uh, I believe, in Athens, and he's preaching. He's telling everybody, don't you understand? You weren't even born here by coincidence. You, you guys didn't make you, you know, you, you, your parents didn't just have you in the city of Miami by chance. You're not here. You weren't born in the state of Florida. You weren't born in Costa Rica. You weren't born in Nicaragua or wherever just because it happened. God destined for your life to start, to begin, in my case, at Mercy Hospital. He had that written down. He had that planned out. He's that, he's that detailed just for that, that moment. And we need to realize that he does this. Because it continues to give us another level of understanding of who he is. These appreciate, when we begin to appreciate all that our parents do for us, we're like, man, I have the best parents in the world. When you start to realize the, the, the sacrifice that somebody does for you, for your benefit, you begin to get another level, a deeper understanding of exactly who that person is and what exactly they're doing for you. Continuing on in, in uh, verse 27, Acts 17, 27 says, So that you should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. God does these little things to catch our attention. These little things that we believe to be random or to be by chance, to be coincidence, he allows for them to happen even at the littlest moment, even at the littlest part, so that we can realize, man, so many coincidences means that this isn't a coincidence. The fact that this keeps reoccurring and that all these random moments keep happening isn't because of a chance. It always makes me like freak out and laugh when I talk to people about the Lord and they're like, man, you know, you're like the third person to tell me about Jesus. I think something's happening. No, duh. God's trying to get your attention. What do you mean you think God's trying to get your attention? He is getting your attention. That I'm the third random person to come talk to you about the Lord? Are you kidding me? God doesn't do things by coincidence. God doesn't do things by chance. When he developed the plans that he knows for our lives, he did all 100% of it, not just 85%, not just 99%. It was a complete plan. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. In Esther 4.14, I hate to put her on the spot like this, but at random... The king decides to have, you know, some, some sort of, in, in, in modern terms, a beauty pageant, right? And he starts to get all the different uh, girls in the, in the kingdom, and he wants to go find a new queen. And in finding a new queen, he just happens to choose Esther. And in choosing Esther, 
she becomes queen of, you know, of the, of the entire territory. And now she's married to the most powerful person in all the land. And then slowly but surely, there's a plan that develops to completely wipe out her people, to completely wipe out her nation. And she's sitting there, and she's married to the most powerful person in all the land. And Mordecai is telling her, you think that just because you're pretty, you're the queen? You think that because he has a fond eye for you, you just happen to crawl your way up to getting that crown on your head? You think you just happen to, you know, be, be sitting and, and, and be married to the most powerful person in all the lands? In Esther 4.14, it says, If you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your family's house will perish. And who knows? But that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. We can't continue to live our lives blindly thinking that things are just happening by coincidence or by chance. Everything that happens in our lives from the day we were born, the place we were born, who our parents are, the color of our eyes, who we're going to be married to, where we're going to live for the rest of our lives, the plans and purposes that God has for our life were written down by God. We're written down by God. And we acknowledge these and we see them so that we can get a deeper level of appreciation. When we get that deeper level of appreciation, we have a bigger heart of gratitude and thankfulness to our God for the amazing things that he's done for us. But not only do we get a deeper appreciation, we, feel, we, we realize that the, there's so many of them. When you start to count and you start to point out exactly how many things that we've taken for granted as coincidence or as random really are God's hand and movement in our lives, we begin to freak out. And it only causes in us to have a heart of worship, a heart of adoration, and praise him for all the different things that he's done. In Psalm 139 verse 14, it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You, you took the time to go ahead and to sketch me out. You took the time to go ahead and write down the number of my days. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. David, he was so connected, he knew that everything that happened in his life or that he saw was God's intervention, was God's hand in the middle of it. And when he sees this, it's only a natural reaction from him to spring up a praise and a proclamation of gratitude to God. It says, I praise you because I've realized that in every aspect of my life, in all these little details, you've been there. I praise you because in all these, all these moments of my life that, that maybe a lot of people take for chance or for, for coincidence, you, you took the time to write down. You brought out a notepad. You brought out the scratchbook, the scrapbook, and you started pulling in all the different things that were going to happen in my life. In Psalm 40, verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done, and your thoughts toward us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. This is Psalm 40, verse 5. There's so many people that say, you know, Pastor, I just, I don't see God moving in my life anymore. I just, you know, I haven't really seen 
him intervene. I haven't seen him speak to me. I haven't seen him, you know, demonstrate or manifest himself in my life. This one guy, um, this one uh, young kid was going up to my dad. He's like, yeah, but, you know, you have all these Old Testament stories about how, uh, you know, God was able to part the Red Sea and how he was able to deliver the people of Israel, how God was able to, to flood the earth, you know, and make this huge ark and do all these big, mighty things. And we don't see those things anymore. We don't see miracles anymore. And my dad looked at him and he says, he pulls out a mango. He says, what is this? He says, it's a mango. He goes, no, this is a miracle of God. The fact that a tree is capable of growing up out of the ground, being watered by itself without you having to do anything, and yet you get to benefit from the fruit that it produces, that's a miracle. To that degree, to that extent, are the miracles that are happening every single day in our lives. But because of our lack of acknowledgement or because of our lack of appreciation, we miss out on witnessing exactly what it is God is doing in our lives. God is moving. He moves every single moment of every day. He, he does the little things that we, we can't even see because we've grown blind to them. But I pray, just, just like I had you know, in my life, that we'd be able to have our, the, the scales removed to our eyes where we see God's hand move in every aspect of our lives. Everything that's good and perfect in our lives is because of God and nothing else. Everything. That day that you're starving in your car and you reach over to your purse... And you start doing this, whatever this is. I see women doing this all the time in their purse. I don't know what that means. When you go like this, and you go like that, and a granola bar pops out that you forgot about, that was God. Every, listen, every good and perfect gift comes from above. When you're starving, you find that mental in your pocket. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Every perfect and good gift. Not only does acknowledging this bring us to a deeper level of appreciation for him and what he does for us, but why would God be so detailed? Why did he decide to plan out our life 100% to the T? Why was it that he decided to completely fill out exactly what was going to be taking place in our life? Why didn't he just leave it to be 85% and then let 15% or less be determined by chance or by random? Think about it. Why, why didn't he just let our life be something that was 85% complete? You know, there's a lot of human beings in this world, okay? There's been a lot of us that have been born, lived, and died. That's a lot of work. To plan out each and every single person's life, that has to take some time. Just, just trying to plan out somebody's birthday gives a lot of us some stress and headache. Imagine having to plan out not one birthday, but all the birthdays for everybody in the entire earth forever and ever. Why would God do that? Why would he do that? In Luke 12, 6 through 9, it says, Aren't five sparrows sold for two pennies? And yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid because you're worth more than a lot of sparrows. In Luke 12, verse 8, 
continuing, it says, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. Our very hairs on our head are numbered by God. Our very hairs. Not even the person that you care about the most have you taken the time to try to count how many hairs they have on their head. Granted, some of us, it's easier to count the amount of hairs we have on our head than others. But still, why would God take the time to number, to write down how many hairs we'd have on our heads? Why would God take the time to to point out what the color of our eyes are going to be? Why would God take the time to figure out how, how tall we're going to be or, or how we're going to live the rest of our lives, where we're going to be born? Why would God do any of that? Why does God want to be such a detailed God? Why does he decide to make so many details in our lives? It's because he wants to show us and for us to see the extent of his love. Just how far God's love is for us. That even the number of hairs that you have on your head, he cared about to number. In Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted, excuse me, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, that you being rooted and grounded in love would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Why does he let us see these details? Why does he let us experience these coincidences? So we think. So we would understand the extent of how much he cares for us and how much he loves us. He doesn't just allow things to happen to you. He causes for them to happen. He purposes for them to happen. The extent of his love or his power doesn't stop, you know, just past healing cancer. The extent of his love, he's not just available. He's just not a God that's there when we need him drastically or, 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 or hugely. He's also there when you find the band-aid to put it on the scrape that your little kid just got. He's also there when you take the Advil just because you have that little headache. He's not just a God to, that, that wants to relate with us when there's a big, massive tribulation or trial that's occurring in our lives. He wants to be there even for the little things. The first day of school, I went into the... first day of school I went to um the administration's office and um you have some big books in law school man so they give you the opportunity to sign up um for 
they have a, a locker room, so you can put your lunch bag and your 50-pound books in there, and um, each one is 50 pounds, not all of them. Um, and you get to put them in the locker, right? And you get to sign up for them, and um, you go ahead, you give your deposit. It's like $25 for the three years that you're going to be in school. And when you sign up for that, they go ahead and they give you a little scrap paper, and it has your locker number, and it gives you your code. And on there, um, you see your locker number, and then they send you off to the locker room, right? But they assign for you your, your locker. They don't let you choose what number you like. They don't let you choose in which position the locker is going to be. They don't let you choose where it's going to be. It's just in the locker room. You have a random number, now go find your locker. So I grab the, my paper, my little code, and I, I start walking over to the locker room. And when I walk inside, there's like 300, 400 lockers in there. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of lockers all stacked up on top of each other, like five per row or by column. So I start looking for the numbers, and I'm looking for mine. I'm looking for mine. My locker, it's a top locker. Why does that matter? That's so stupid. You have the top locker, that's a big deal. What a coincidence that you get the top locker. But God does those little things to show us how much we mean to him. The dumbest things in life are really the biggest aspirations or the, the manifestation of God's love for us. That he cares that Nick Molina has the top locker at Nova Law School. Why? Why does God love us that much? That's so dumb. Nobody does that. But God does. We go through life so many times thinking that this is just coincidence. Thank you. We go through life letting these little coincidences blow us by and go over us and completely miss out on understanding the length, the height, the width, the extent of God's love for us. He cares to that extent. Realizing these things not only deepens our appreciation and our acknowledgement and our thankfulness for God, it shows us the manner of love that he has for us. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord God goes with you, and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That means even in your everyday walk. It doesn't just mean during a hurricane, Irma. 
It means every single day, God cares about you to the point where each step you take, he's watching and going with you. Isaiah 46, 9 through 11 says, Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I said my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey from a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. God is orchestrated and involved in every single aspect of our lives, in every single detail of our lives. He's involved. Why is it that some of us didn't lose power during the hurricane? Why is it that we only had to deal with no AC or some for four or five hours before we were able to get the electricity back? Why did God choose you for that to happen? Don't take it for coincidence. Don't take it as by chance. Don't think that FPL favors you because they don't. Did you share your testimony, Maggie? Maggie, um, a lot of us know her testimony. A lot of us know her personally and stuff like that. But gosh, you better not ever say coincidence again. And I know she does it. But throughout the entire hurricane, God's faithfulness and God's hand has been over Maggie like it's never been seen before. In the whole time she stayed at her house um, with a tenant um, and while she was there, she maybe lost power for uh, you know, a, a couple hours maybe, right? About five hours. And then it was back, right? That, that's all it took. It was just five hours, no electricity, and then it was back. And uh, as she was going around, you know, she was spending the day, and she's my mom's BFF, so uh, they've been talking, and that's how I get to hear all these cool stories. But they, she was telling uh, my mom that after about, you know, a couple of days, how many, like five days? five, six days, uh, she has power. She's been, you know, been able to keep her food cold and she's been able to sleep comfortably. Uh, a lot of us are, you know, going to ask her if we can sleep over now that we hear all this different stuff, but um, she, she's been able to be just fine. And so uh, the other day, FPL knocks on her door and says, hello, do you have, you know, uh, is everything okay? Do you have power? She goes, yeah, I've never, I never really lost power. I've only had it for four or five days, for four, uh, four or five hours I lost it. And they looked at her like, what are you talking about? What do you mean that you've had power all these days? That doesn't make any sense. You have a line down in your backyard. She's like, what are you talking about? I've been having power this entire time. I've, you know, I've cooked, I've cleaned, I've you know, done everything normal. I have AC. That's impossible. I'll show you. And as they go to Maggie's backyard, the line is down. Is that a coincidence? Why does God do that?
because Maggie, because God loves Maggie that much. God loves us that much. It's good that I get all the tears out now because the second service. This won't be a problem. God is detailed because he wants us to acknowledge and appreciate him to another level that we might see his character and his being and the extent that he has of love that he has for us. And then lastly, God shows us the details and God makes details in our lives so that it will give us a sense of peace and security in this unstable world. In Romans 8.28, it says, We know that all things, all things God works for the good of those who love him. If it's good, it's part of the all things that God detailed for your life. David is, like I said, he, he caught this very quickly. And he understood God's sovereign hand in every aspect of his life. It says in Psalm 121, I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's not going to let your foot slip. He who watches over you doesn't sleep. Indeed, he watches over Israel and will never sleep nor never slumber. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming in and your going out, both now and forever. Knowing that God is in control, by realizing that and seeing it in all the different details of our lives, gives us the peace and security to know that it doesn't matter what happens in this world, because I've seen God faithfully work in my life in all these little minor details, I know that even in the big details, he's going to show up. I know that if he's involved in the stupid locker at Nova, if he's involved in the stupid little line behind Maggie's house, if he's involved with the stupid 2% milk in the back of the Publix refrigerator, that he's there when I need him the most. I recognize God's sovereignty, you know, now in every aspect of my life. You know, even when, when I'm on my way to go do something, uh, this is more when I was in FIU. If you're an FIU student, uh, at least recently, you know that they are terrible at parking, okay? There's no parking at FIU. There's, everyone always complains about it. There's running jokes about FIU never having parking. There's some 50-something thousand students that attend that school, and it's very difficult to find parking except for me. I always have parking when I go to FIU. When I started to acknowledge and realize that God was the one that watched my going in and coming out, the parking spaces have always been available. It doesn't matter where I go. It could be Dolphin Mall on a Friday night. 
I don't go to Dolphin Mall anymore. But it could be wherever it is, I will always have parking. That's so stupid. But God cares to that much. He watches even the dumb little aspects of our lives. And excuse my language because stupid and dumb are nothing that God details. But what we consider random coincidence chance, God has deemed detailed, destined, and purposeful. Psalm 37 verse 25 says, I was young and now I'm old. I've never, never, ever, ever, ever seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. Last verse for this morning. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. That was just coincidence. I just happened to bump into that friend. You know, it just happened that I got great parking in front of everybody here. I just happened to find that granola bar in my pocket or those $5 in my sports jacket. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In every good and perfect thing that happens in your life, acknowledge that it is God. In every good and perfect thing that happens in your life, acknowledge that it was God. And he shall direct your paths. Let's stand this morning. Father God, I thank you for everyone that's here this morning. I thank you for the word that you've brought. I thank you that you're a good, good father that has written down every single moment of our lives. Father, forgive us for not acknowledging and not appreciating all that you do. Open our eyes so that we can see your sovereign hand moving, even in the most insignificant ways. Father God, open our eyes to see the amazing extent of your love that you have for us. Father God, I pray that we acknowledge you and that you give us our eyes to see your supernatural work taking place among us. We love you, Father God, and we thank you for being a detailed, personal, close God. And this is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.